Good morning, everyone. This is NPR News, and I'm Angela Davis. Glad to have you join us today. I know you know this. It is Give to the Max Day, and now is the time to make a big impact for NPR News. Today's the day to do it, to take action, be part of this day of generosity, and get your gift matched. Are you making your first ever donation to NPR News today? I'm going to thank you in advance. Please know that NPR members who donated before you will triple your support through the NPR member fund today. So as an example, a gift of $5 today becomes $15. A gift of $5 per month becomes $15 a month for a whole year. And if you're already a member, your additional gift will be doubled. Give to the max. Do it now. Go to nprnews.org. Or call us at 800-227-2811. All right, you probably know this as well. Thanksgiving, it's a week from today. And behind every Thanksgiving feast is a cook. Or if you're going to a gathering where people are bringing dishes to share, maybe there are many cooks. This morning, I want to try to take some of the stress out of preparing that big meal. We're going to talk about some turkey tips and sides and pies. Later this hour, you'll get some ideas for side dishes and desserts from a Twin Cities chef and food writer. Beth Dooley is here. She brought in a couple of mouth-watering samples for me to try out. But first, somebody has to roast that bird. So first, we're going to get some turkey tips. And who better to turn to than someone from the Butterball Turkey Talk line? Ronnie McDaniel is on the line with us right now. She is joining us from Chicago. Good morning, Ronnie. So glad you could be with us. Good morning, Angela. Thank you for having me. I am just, I I feel like I'm talking with a celebrity here. I have never talked with someone from the Butterball Turkey Talk line. I think it's fantastic. I I know it's been around for 20 years, but Ronnie, give us a little history uh, uh, about this telephone hotline. How does it work and what kinds of questions do people typically ask about turkeys? Well, we the Turkey Talk line has been around since 1981. So a, a few more years than 20 years. Oh, I've yeah. Been here Way longer. About 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we started helping a few people on the line, and we've, we've grown to millions of callers, you know, here in 2023. And we, you know, we're here to provide uh, inspiration, support, and, and um expertise in preparing that holiday meal. We're here to help the host make this Thanksgiving their best Thanksgiving yet mm-hmm. and help them put their unique touch on their holiday table. Yeah, it can be We're a tough throughout. It can be a tough crowd that the folks at that Thanksgiving uh, table. <laughs> It can be, but we're here to relieve some of that stress, and and we've been doing it since uh, 1981, as I said. Yes. So, Ronnie, how did and we're you... here through the Christmas season as well? Okay, it extends for a while. Good, good to know. How did you become a, a talk line expert? What's your story? By trade, I'm a home economist. Um, I started, uh, like I said, over 20 years ago, and most of us here are either home economists, uh, chefs, and uh, dietitian and nutritionalists. So we have backgrounds in food and, and healthy foods. And so when you things. when you say you were a home economist, were you a, a teacher, a high school teacher teaching home economics? I I, I started as a high school mm. teacher. T- teaching home economics. As a matter of fact, I was up by your way at the University of Wisconsin. Um, uh-huh. Stout, actually, is where I got my my degree. Well, Ronnie, let's get to it. Uh, for many of us, I have not bought a turkey. Uh, if you still need to buy a turkey, uh, what's the advice on estimating the size? You know, how do I know if I want an eight-pound turkey or a 20-pound turkey? 
Well, you know, we recommend, if it's a whole turkey, we recommend a pound to a pound and a half per person. That's the, your average size plate, uh, your average size person who will, you know, eat, you know, at the table. Um, if you want, you know, leftovers, extra leftovers and um, holiday recipes or leftover recipes, you, you may go up to two pounds per person. Okay, so you, you need and, to do some math you know, before you head to the store. You can do a little bit of math before you head to the store. You're right. And I know today has been designated National Faw Day, uh, a week before Thanksgiving. Tell us more about that. What does that mean? And why is that significant, National Faw Day being today? Well, you know, um, some sometimes you get your turkey and you haven't thawed it completely. So it's going to give you an uneven cook time. So you want to get your turkey out, get it thawed today in your refrigerator, um, let it thaw. It may be a 10 pound turkey that takes three days to thaw. Well, the good thing about that is, you know, your turkey will be fully thawed come next week, Thursday. Mm -hmm. And even once it's thawed, you have up to four days to go ahead and cook it. So long as you leave it in your refrigerator in the unopened wrapper. So So it's important to have that turkey fully thawed because you want it to cook evenly. You don't want any ice patches. And Marie, tell, tell me why. I, I know when you go to the store, you have the option. You can buy a frozen turkey or a fresh one. And the, the motivating factor for buying the frozen one is that, that is, it's substantially less expensive. Or why do people choose to buy the frozen one and go through this thaw process instead of buying a fresh one? You know, it's personal preference. Some people prefer the fresh turkey, uh, possibly because that's what they're accustomed to. Uh, you, you'll get the same great quality, whether it's frozen or fresh with the, the butterball turkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, some people prefer our frozen um, because they, you know, that's how they're accustomed to, you know, dealing with their their uh, meat products. So it's, it's really personal preference. And a big question a lot of people have, uh, or a big criticism of turkey, is that it can turn out dry. And so what should people know about what they can do so that the, the meat is not dry after it is cooked? <clears throat> Well, here's the turkey is your easiest, uh, um, the easiest part to, to preparing your Thanksgiving meal. You thaw it a week in advance here at National Thaw Your Turkey Day. Um, and once it's thawed next week, you take it out of the wrapper, you pat the skin dry with some paper towel, coat it with vegetable oil or cooking spray, and let it roast in a 325 oven uninterrupted. Now, the key to keeping it moist and tender is, or delicious is, to use a thermometer. Uh, Once your turkey reaches 170 in the breast, 180 in the thigh, and if it is stuffed, 165 in the stuffing, you want to go ahead and remove it from the oven. There's no need to baste. It prolongs the cooking time. Just let it roast uninterrupted. And that's how you keep your turkey tender and uh, moist. The last uh, few years, Ronnie, I have been buying um, uh, fresh turkeys that are, are brined. You know, you can find those commonly now where they're already, you know, seasoned and, and, and just ready to go. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, getting one that has been brined? And, and tell folks what, what, uh, what a brine is. Well, your brine, um, some people make, the, that's a good question. Some people make their brine and it's just a salt water solution and it brings in more flavor or different flavor mm-hmm. to your turkey. 
For example, you could have a uh, citrus lime brine that will impart that flavor throughout the turkey. You know, with the turkey being so large, it's very difficult to season the entire turkey with, you know, sprinkling uh, dry mm-hmm. rubs or, or such on the turkey. Usually that seasons the skin and maybe an inch or two down. Brining, on the other hand, will season the entire turkey. You allow the turkey to uh, sit in the brine uh, recipe for anywhere from 12 to 24 hours. And it, it, it just brings a different flavor to the turkey. And I like to remind people, too, that you don't have to buy the whole turkey. You can also just get part of a turkey, especially if you have a small group. You can That's available to purchase as well. And anything people should know about that? Well, whether it's the whole turkey or the breast, uh, which we do have, uh, we have breast roast, we have our uh, boneless turkey roast, which is the white and dark meat. And we also have the bone in breast, the the same process. You can thaw it in your refrigerator, Mm heat your oven to 325, coat the skin with vegetable oil, let it roast. And the key is, remember, a thermometer. Check for doneness. Once those turkeys or your parts reach the temperature of the 160, uh, 165, well, we're not stuffing. Um, <laughs> we could stuff them. But the 170 in the breast, you remove it from the oven. If it's a turkey breast roast, you want to get that to 175. Remove it, let it sit for about 20 minutes, and it will be tender and juicy each and every time. And this is not about cooking the turkey, but carving it. I, I've seen some carving of turkeys uh, not go so well. <laughs> Any advice for the person who uh, is given that uh, job of, of 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 slicing it up? You know what's good about Butterball is we have resources to help anyone, everyone, no matter what their method of delivery may be. We have the Butterball talk line, which is 1-800-BUTTERBALL. Uh, people can text us at 844-877-3456. And we even have our social media channels on our website, which is at butterball.com. On our website, we have videos that can demonstrate to our hosts how to carve their turkey. So, I mean, we're here every step of the way to make sure that every host can have their unique touch on their holiday table. I like that, uh, having videos to watch. And and one more thing before I let you go. Uh, I read that Butterball is launching, has launched a new way to celebrate Thanksgiving, especially for people who are away from friends and family during the holiday. What can you tell about that, how uh, Butterball is trying to create some, some social interactions? I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, at Butterball, we celebrate togetherness. It's one of our core values. You know, with people coming around our turkeys for more than 70 years, And, you know, we also know that people are finding it more challenging to come together and make those connections. Mm -hmm. And what might be surprising is this year, 20 percent of Americans either will not celebrate Thanksgiving or will celebrate. I'm sorry. Or will celebrate Thanksgiving alone. So what's that again? A a percentage, a large percentage will celebrate alone. Exactly. Exactly. They could be far away from uh, friends or friends or family. They could be new to the city right. uh, or unable to travel. And we want to help those who are looking for a connection or a table this holiday by partnering with the preeminent voice in friendship, which is Bumble for Friends. We want to uh, harness the power of a good meal. We want to ensure everyone can find their table and we encourage 
everyone to visit findyourtable2023.com to learn about the ways Butterball and Bumble for Friends are here to make this your best Thanksgiving yet. So you're going to Butterball and Bumble connected this year. Yes, Bumble for Friends, a friend sharing <laughs> app. It's safe, you know, you make connections cool. with mm-hmm. people of like minds. You know, it's it's just a way to, to just bring the togetherness here. We're proud of our, our partnership with Bumble for Friends. Okay, again, the Butterball line, 1-800-BUTTERBALL. We've been talking with Ronnie McDaniel, one of the Butterball Turkey talk line experts joining us from Chicago. Thank you, Ronnie. I hope you have a great holiday. Thank you. You, you as well. All right, let's get back to talking about cooking. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving, and so we're talking about what to cook, how to cook, getting some advice. Uh, Many people may think Thanksgiving is all about the turkey, but for some of us, it's the side dishes. The side dishes are the stars of the table, in my opinion. The stuffing, or maybe you call it dressing, the mashed potatoes, the cranberry sauce, some of us. Some of you like green bean casserole, macaroni and cheese. I'm a true Southerner. I'm all about the collard greens. But joining us now is Beth Dooley. Beth is a James Beard award-winning food writer who has authored and co-authored more than a dozen books about cooking. And she also writes for the Star Tribune. Hi, Beth. So nice to meet you. Oh, I love being here, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. you. Brought a couple of containers. We're going to taste some things. I'm very excited, Beth. So what's your favorite uh, side dish? Um, You know, that's like saying, who's my favorite kid? I mean, it changes every year depending on what I want to try what looks interesting what but are you I, feeling this well, year you know it's interesting because you mentioned your dad's ma- uh, my grandfather yes your mm-hmm. grandfather's sweet potato um, casserole, casserole mm-hmm. right my dad had the same thing Aww. and so we honor him we talked about honoring people in our lives by cooking something special and he did um, a sweet potato casserole but he roasted them first and then layered them with uh, maple syrup and butter okay and daddy and then stuck it in the oven it was so good yeah so I make that every year yeah and and i tell i've told uh my children or people who are guests at thanksgiving i'm like i don't care if you you like sweet potatoes or not i i make this to honor my grandparents and it's like having them with me at the table even though that they have now uh passed on that's exactly right yeah it brings a lot of uh memories yes and and i enjoy eating it too yeah yeah it wouldn't be the same holiday without that but that's a lot of family there's always some dish for a lot of people that brings back. Yeah, memories. and sometimes there's that dish that nobody eats, like the creamed onions that my Aunt Ruth used to bring that, you know, when my mother came out here to um, celebrate Thanksgiving with us one year, she was appalled that I wasn't did doing the say, creamed onions. You you did say creamed onions. I said creamed I onions. I have never heard of that. They're not very good. They're, um, they're teeny tiny onions that are first cooked, and then they're slathered in cream and cooked again. So don't do it. But it's it was one of the things, and I finally dropped it, and it was liberating. So I was going to also say, if there's something that really nobody likes, that really nobody wants, and you don't want to make, forget about it. Okay. They'll move on. Ooh, that was a new one. That's a new one for the list. Okay. So you, I mentioned you brought some food for, for me to try out. And so we're, as we talk about side dishes, uh, some of us want to try some new things. And I'm looking at what appears to be a kale salad. Uh, I'm seeing, I think, some carrots and cranberries in here that you brought in. Uh, tell us what, what this is and, and well, why you, a salad. Why a salad? Most people don't want to. They think Thanksgiving. You don't have a salad at Thanksgiving. But I think it's really nice to have something that's fresh and crisp 
that is a little bit different that's bright. And so that's kind of a sassy salad. It's kale, which you can, yeah, and you can do that the night before. You can actually cut and dress that salad the night before. You can do the same thing with any cabbage. It's more like a coleslaw. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing you don't have to worry about putting in the oven because that is one of the problems with all these side dishes and a turkey You kind of Mm -hmm. run out of room, right? And so this you can make up and it's it's pretty. I put roasted carrots on top. You can do those the night before. You could use roasted squash instead. It's got lots of variability to it. It's good. It's and it's crunchy. It's very mm-hmm. colorful. And what's going on with the dressing? What am I tasting here? Super, super easy. It's just a very sweet, savory dressing. I used a little honey, a little lemon juice, lots of herbs. And um, that's it. A little mustard. We put the recipe up online. Oh, yes. We're going to have it on our on mm-hmm. our website, uh, on my show page at nprnews.org. And, it, and even though I have this case, salad on the table with carrots mm-hmm. and, and, and nuts in it. Are yeah. There nuts? yeah, they're nuts. They're hazelnuts, local hazelnuts. Nice. I can yeah. still have a green bean casserole. Absolutely. I can still have some other Absolutely. vegetables there. Okay. Absolutely. Because one of the things we talked about is inevitably somebody shows up for Thanksgiving that you didn't know had just become a vegan or a vegetarian. And that's one of the wonderful things about a side dish is you can have a whole meal with side mm-hmm. dishes, but it's nice to have lots of them. Right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you, Sally. I got you. We got some <laughs> exactly. salads over here. Right. Exactly. Okay. This yeah. is good. Uh, cranberry sauce. Uh, I wanted to talk about cranberry sauce because, um, you know, I, I worked in local television news for a long time and um, as a morning anchor often had opportunity to uh, do cooking segments. And I discovered the joy of making cranberry sauce from fresh cranberries, which I'd never done before, but now I can't stop. Yay! Um, on my stovetop <laughs> about 15 years ago, never looked back, so easy to make. Uh, I love the way it smells, the way it tastes. I've taught my children how to make this. Uh, and the, this recipe that I use, it has fresh pears and dried cherries. Yum. It, along with spices like cardamom Ooh, and ground cloves. Wonderful. So let's talk about the cranberry sauce situation. Let's talk about it because, you know, we are the land of cranberries. Something like, you know, 90% of the world's fresh cranberries come out of Wisconsin. And oh, I think I did know that. Yeah, yes. it's interesting. I mean, the frozen cranberries, the juice cranberries come out of uh, Massachusetts and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But we really celebrate really good fresh cranberries. And we have a lot of organic growers now, too, which is Super interesting because that's better for the land and water. But our cranberries are so good. And I actually like to make both a cooked cranberry sauce and a fresh cranberry sauce. And one of the fresh cranberry sauces is nothing more than fresh cranberries in a, in a blender or a Cuisinart with maybe some crystallized ginger or just a little sugar. And that's it. Ooh. And it's really snappy and fresh. And we'll get to dessert. But one of the things I also brought was a fresh cranberry sorbet. And that's super interesting to make as well. So when you get them fresh... Um, and they've been well handled, they're not terribly bitter, and you don't need a lot to sweeten them. To oh, yeah. sweeten to taste. And again, on a stovetop, it just mm-hmm. goes on a saucepan, and you right. just, you know, you, you warm it up very slowly, and then they pop. Yeah. You know, like when the kids were little, they yeah. thought that was so fun. I'm like, keep staring until it pops. <laughs> um, but you have a recipe, too, that involves um, jalapenos. Yes. Uh-huh. I do a fresh cranberry salsa that is delicious with the turkey. It's mm. got um, a little bit of jalapeno in it, a little bit of sugar, and then the fresh cranberries. Again, you just throw it in the Cuisinart. Super fresh. It's delicious with chips. You can put it out with chips in advance. You can have it with your turkey on the table. It's very pretty. The other thing you can do is swirl it into mayonnaise for those turkey dagwood sandwiches you have the next day, right? Mm. Slather that on there. It's got lots of uses. And as you know, those cranberries keep for a long time. Yeah, you can put it in a, a jar. It'll be around. And then yeah. you can pair cranberry sauce with, with cheese yes, as an appetizer. Absolutely. It has a, a lot of, of yeah. different uses. Yeah. Um, 
and I will share my that recipe that yeah. I have as well on, yeah. on our um, show page on the website. Uh, mashed potatoes. Yes. Any tip? I mean, like, can you mess up mashed potatoes? Yeah, you can. I had some bad mashed potatoes. One tip is, you know, that's one more thing that you might not want to do on Thursday morning. I've made mashed potatoes ahead, and they've been fine. And the trick is to um, boil them ahead, right? And you can drain them and mash them with a little bit of the potato water. But then I also mash in with the cream some yogurt because there's some acid in the yogurt. It also gives those mashed potatoes a little tang. And what it does is keep them from getting kind of brown and weird. I have seen some weird colored. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mashed potatoes, yes, strange yes, colors, kind of yes. gray. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't yeah. want that. You don't want that. No, no, because that looks kind of looks nasty, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want nasty on the no, table in anything. Uh-uh. Um, and so uh, culturally, a lot of people we talked, you know, you and I talked about sweet potatoes yeah. and what they mean to us. Um, and a lot of families, you know, there are traditions. And over the years, have you seen some ways that people have brought their culture to the Thanksgiving table? I love that, you know, because we didn't grow up here. I don't really have family here, so. We have mm-hmm. like a, I do have a brother here. So we kind of have a friends and family Thanksgiving. One year we had 23 people. We had so many Mm-mm. people that I had to take, you know, paint cans and turn them upside down and cover them with bedspreads so that we had enough chairs, right? Wow. But it was so much fun because I have a friend whose family is is Mexican by origin. She brought these beautiful poblano um, peppers mm-hmm. that were stuffed with like a, it was like a cornbread kind of stuffing thing. They were just delicious. And she had roasted them off. That was one thing. Um, I have other friends. We've got Hmong friends that bring really interesting things. And we've got such a cross-cultural history here that people bring things from where they grew up and they just bring them. And it's it's really fun. There's no rules at Thanksgiving because we are a country of immigrants. And I love that. I think I do like that about Thanksgiving. Yeah. That they're really the rules are what you choose yeah. to make them. And yeah. you mentioned uh, turning paint cans upside down. I and mean, being creative with cre- trying right. to create se- seats. Hopefully for, for maybe that's for children. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just spread out. We put card tables out, covered those with old bedspreads. I mean, it was so much fun. Um, so serving Thanksgiving, how should people think about that? Because a lot of us are like, oh, I need to make space. I need to move things. and um, Or even for the table, what, yeah. ha- what do you share with people that may make serving and moving around and passing things around a little bit easier? You know, that's a great question. It can get awkward, right? Yes. And if you have <laughs> lots of people, it's really hard if everybody's waiting to get the turkey and by the time the last person gets it, it's stone cold. I Not think waiting for the side dishes. There, Nobody worries. <laughs> you know, no you're right. Cares Nobody cares, right? <laughs> that's so true. I'm just kidding. No, no, I think it's really true. I think, you know, I think make it as easy as you can on yourself. Right, you know, simplify. so mm-hmm. simplify it. So if it means that you're putting out, you know, a buffet spread or something people go through a line or mm-hmm. if you have a table that's large enough you can put all of the side dishes on the table so that people can pass things and the nice thing about that is that if people don't really know each other it's their first time at your table then right. by passing things they can strike a conversation but again mm-hmm. keep it super easy and i think yes more side dishes is better um, but make sure that if that means that you have less in a container to pass around and somebody has to hop up and fill it again, that's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody wants to sit at the table for hours and hours and hours. Maybe for dessert they do, but I think make it easy. And bringing less judgment yes, to the table. absolutely. Right, because we, we talked about there's already a lot of emotion exactly coming right. through the door. Keep it easy yeah. on yourself and let people help. Yeah. I think that's the other thing. And invite people let, to bring things, mm-hmm. right?
All right, let's get back to it. Talking about what's on your Thanksgiving table. What are you thinking about? Uh, no feast is complete without dessert, or maybe if the food's been bad, maybe you just maybe eat some mint. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like things are just kind of a lot of of surprises, right? There are and a so lot of surprises, but you know, that, that's <laughs> Beth true. Dooley's here. Uh, food writer Beth Dooley is here uh, helping us out. <laughs> but like the, the 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 tone, I mean, the atmosphere of the world today. I mean, I think a lot of folks are just looking. I just want some peace and quiet. I want to sit down and 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 enjoy my food and and. So that sort of needs to be the theme as it we does. sit down to eat this it year. It does. It really does. And, you know, one of the things I, I hope people take away from this conversation is it's about the food. Yeah, it's of course it's about the food. But it's also about how we are together because the whole idea is coming together, you know, to celebrate each other and to celebrate, you know, the people that have been in our lives that have shared the table with us in the past, like you know, the mashed sweet potatoes. And so I think mm-hmm. it's true of dessert, too. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we right. like to associate some of our best memories with dessert. I mentioned pies. Um, and when you say pie, oh, my goodness, all the different kinds of pies you can have and even the textures. I, mm-hmm. I'm putting my menu together. And like my son likes the the, the pecan pie. Right. I like um, you know, um well, what do I like? I like all pies. <laughs> I like fruit pies. Uh, my husband likes apple pie. Yeah. Um you know, I, I I make a sweet potato casserole, so I don't make a pumpkin pie or a sweet potato pie. But you have fruit pies, really sweet ones. You got, I mean, there's just a lot you can do. Uh, what are your thoughts on pies? I love pies. And again, I think the more the better. If somebody has a pie they really love and can't live without, bring it. You know, invite them to bring it. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly don't make all the pies. And I, and I don't think the cook should be expected to make everything that's on the table. That's not the point, right? And so if it means that... Oh, say somebody's coming and they're not able to make pies and they really want a specific kind of pie. You can probably buy a really good pie that's like that. And you can also buy smaller pies, like those hand pies. Those are wonderful. So, oh, yeah, the little bitty yeah, ones. Yeah, the mm-hmm. little bitty ones or little tarts and things like that. My husband loves um, a raisin walnut pie that nobody else eats. And so I always make a couple of – they're more like um, little tartlets. You know, I make them in a muffin tin. And so I just make less of it and I put it in a muffin tin and then they're just a couple. And you can do that as well so people can sample Pie crust. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the frozen pie crust or the, you know, the dough, the easy way to make pie crust? I know it's a shortcut. It's frowned upon who people who are great making crust. But are, are they okay? Of course they're okay. I'm all about shortcuts. Don't kill yourself. There's some really good frozen pie cr- crusts out there. And you want one that's made with butter. Try and avoid those that are made with, like, homogenized oils. Mm-hmm. It'll say butter. It'll say full butter of pie crust on the um, on the package. On and the ingredients? Can, mm-hmm. Yeah, on the ingredients. You can find those every place. They actually call it out, you know, full butter pie crust. And those are delicious if you're not going to make your own. They're just fine, and they work beautifully, and they save a lot of time. But I mean, if you'd like to make a good pie crust, do it. Right. I, I love that you said that to me. I needed to receive that <laughs> message because uh, uh, it just it takes time. And it either does. you're really good at it or you're not. Yeah. And that's an important part of the pie. Exactly. Um, and um, is there an, a really easy starter pie if someone is, like, new to it? That's a great question. Yeah. Pumpkin pies are super easy, you know, especially if you're going to use the canned pumpkin. Those are just a little custard that goes into the frozen pie crust shell. Those are easy. Pecan pies are easy, and so is this raisin walnut pie. Those are easy. Another really easy thing, if you really want to make something ahead or you're bringing a dessert to a friend's house, I think I gave you a recipe for a 
refrigerated um, pumpkin pie bar, which you're not even cooking it at all. Oh, super easy. So yes, and, you you have recipes you're sharing with us that we're yeah, going to yeah, again that'll go put on our online. website. Uh-huh, exactly, the and that's show page. An, yep, mm-hmm. and that's an easy thing to bring, and nobody has to heat it up because it's served cold. One of the other things I'd like to have is something that's lighter than a pie, and so I also brought this very oh, yes. easy cranberry sorbet. It's bright and it's pretty and it's light, and if somebody is avoiding dairy or they are vegetarian then this would be a good option for okay, them as I, well. I'm looking at it. Um, it is uh, the cranberry color. The mm-hmm. texture here is, I don't know, it looks like it could. It's a little know. rough. It's crushed cranberries. Yeah, it looks yeah. like crushed. It's, yeah. cold, it's cold. And you have uh-huh. it in like a little cupcake? Or how yeah, would you serve little, it? I just served it. I would serve that um, maybe in a in a dish, you know, so individual dishes. Mm-hmm. Or you could put it on top of a cranberry pie or you could put it on top of a pecan pie or, a, you know, a cheesecake. Some people have cheesecake. Oh, this is good. Yeah, it's just a sorbet, cranberry it's, sorbet. It's tart, but not too mm-hmm. tart. And um, how do I make it again? Super easy. We're putting the recipe up online. So it's just the cranberries and a little cranberry juice, a little sugar, and it's frozen. But, but what did you do to the cranberries? Um, I put them in a Cuisinart oh. with the cranberry juice and the sugar, and I made sort of a mash out of it, and then I just threw it in the freezer. That's really nice. Yeah, Very good. refreshing. Yeah, okay. good. Now good. I've lost my train of thought. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> okay. What about uh, chocolate? I love chocolate. Is I mean, that appropriate to have course. like... Of course. If you like chocolate, go for it. I mean... Candies out? Why not? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think a little bit of everything. There's a really easy... You could have chocolate brownies, just as a little side thing, a little chocolate squares, buy some of the Franco mints. Again, it's an opportunity to kind of splurge and just be generous. And I feel like uh, because apples are so popular mm-hmm. and plentiful here in mm-hmm. Minnesota, the apple pie yeah. is maybe one of the most common. What are, what are the bad things? to do with apple pie. I feel like it starts with which apple you use. You have to know which one to choose. You know, as much as I like a Honeycrisp, don't use those in a pie. They're not not a pie. No, no. They're way too sweet and they're way too juicy. That's why we love them. They snap and they're juicy. But a much better choice would be a Harrelson apple and they're plenty of those. That's a local Minnesota apple, University of Minnesota apple. Um, Keepsake is another very nice apple. So some of those older varieties are better suited to pies. And you can find those at the farmer's market or at our co-ops in any of our grocery stores. And then, so once I have the apple, any tips on like how to to slice it, to cut it, or to process it once I throw it in there? To be honest, I don't peel my apples at all. I just slice them. Because there's flavor in the there's flavor yeah, right. in the peel, and it's right. pretty. I mm-hmm. think it's prettier if you see a little bit of that peel. So the recipes are really easy. Basically, what I do is I like to pe- you know, pre-bake the crust just a little bit because that helps keep it from getting soggy. And then you slice your apples, throw those in, maybe just a little bit of sugar, and that's it. And if you want to put a top on it, fine. If not, just cover it with a little foil, put it in the oven, let it bake until the apples are tender, pull the foil off. And the apples will brown slightly. You've got a beautiful pie. Super easy. Very fresh tasting. And did, do you have any idea why the price of pies has gone up so much? <laughs> I to mean, be it's, honest, I don't. In some cases, I've seen like, pie prices like double in right. just the last few right. years. And I've been really curious about like, right. what's going on with that. I really don't know. I know ingredients have become more expensive. And we're seeing those prices spike across the board. But it's another reason to make your own because it's super easy. And you will save money if you're doing your own thing. And for the cake community, mm-hmm. I also have... Mm-hmm. I 
always make a cake. Oh. Uh, throwback to my grandparents. Uh, I make a pineapple upside down cake. Yum. Which I think is easy and fun. Yes. I enjoy teaching my children how to make that. I think it's good for little kids because you have to, you know, you line the pan with the little rings of pineapples and you can put the little cherry in the center and then you coat it with the brown sugar and then you pour the batter on. It's so good and a pretty thing. To it's serve. so pretty. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of it. You know, sometimes the table can get so sort of brown and white mm-hmm. that that's what cranberries does. That's what your pineapple upside down cake does. It's pretty and it, it's, we want to see that too. Mm-hmm. And do you have a favorite cake? You know, I love carrot cake. And we have such beautiful carrots in Minnesota that I I will make sometimes a really pretty carrot cake or carrot cupcakes just to have options for the kids. Super easy. Uh, I'm not a carrot cake fan, but that's Mm -hmm. my husband's favorite cake. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be really heavy. So what's going on when people are making that that heavy carrot cake? You know, when you're making any cake and one of the things – people do this all the time and I'm guilty of it as well. You're not creaming your butter and your your, – Sugar together. You need to really whip them. They need to be creamed together for a good five minutes. And most people don't do that. And if you do that, you're going to get more air into the batter. And when you fold everything else together, that's going to make for a lighter cake. That's, that's you know, rule number one. So it could be that. We've talked a lot about butter, um, but I'm curious about substitutes. Are there some good substitutes for both uh, recipes that normally would be heavy on butter or substitutes for, you know, milk or other dairy products for people who have allergies question. or just don't Yeah, do people that. have issues. Um, okay, so for those... For butter, for instance, you know, there's always olive oil, but there's also a wonderful local hazelnut oil that's coming out from the American Hazelnut Company. It's Mm. delicious. And that is a wonderful substitute both for butter um, in, you know, when you're cooking, but also in salad dressings. You can use it in baking. The other thing I've done when I've had people that are coming over for pie and are are dairy intolerant is to use... um, virgin coconut oil, which is stiff, Mm. right? And Mm -hmm. it works into the pie dough the same way butter does. So those are all nice alternatives too. And then in terms of cream, there are lots of different non-dairy substitutes that you can find in the market that work beautifully. My favorite happens to be oat. So if you have someone that wants a whipped substitute, you can do that. Um, And also whipped coconut, uh, heavy coconut cream. That whips beautifully as well. Mm-hmm. And um, as our time wraps up, um, again, I think the message for, again, I just want to share with people is just um, some time management, yeah. trying to simplify because, yeah. you know, the last thing you want to do if you're hosting or, or cooking a lot of the meal is just be so exhausted and tired that you mean. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> so right. It's your week. party too, you yeah. know. And so just know people are coming because they want to be together. And so enjoy that. All right. Uh, Beth Dooley, so enjoyed talking with you. Where can we follow you or, and, and tell Absolutely. us about your books? Or where can Thank we... you. Thank you. No, I have a website. It's BethDooleysKitchen.com. And I have a number of the cookbooks that I've worked on that are all posted there. Um, I have a memoir called In Winter's Kitchen, which is stories of Thanksgiving, actually, and stories mm. of how food creates a home. And memories. So and thank ag- you. And again, you've shared uh, many of the recipes or foods that we've talked about. Um, we're going to put them on our website, nprnews.org. Uh, search for my show page, NPR News with Angela Davis, and you'll see some photos and some recipes there today. Beth Dooley, thank you again. Nice to meet you. Hope you have a great thing. Oh, thank you. You too, Angela. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.